Welcome back to the Traders Network Show and our continued coverage of Humanity 2.0. I'm Matt Bird, broadcasting worldwide from the Vatican for Equities.com and its affiliate partners. Our next guest is the chairman and CEO of Crown Sterling, mm -hmm. uh, a data encryption company. Yep. Uh, and uh, Robert, Robert Grant, welcome yep. to the show. Thank you. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here. No, pleasure's all mine. You know, you bring a sense, uh, an element of big data here. You bring an element of science and and, and protocols. Um, you've you've been inside for a little while. Mm -hmm. What's the takeaway right now? What's your takeaway from what's happening? Well, the first thing that I took away just walking in here today, and what an incredible place we're in, right? I mean, <laughs> this is a pretty historic place, right? Can't when you walk in, you're you kind of like, wow. But. Um, the thing that hit me was that the conversation was going in the direction of what it means to be a human being. Mm. And to be a human being in a world where we've all become human doings, uh, you know, it's really exciting to be talking about what the next evolution of humanity is going to be. And if we don't think about it in a sort of presumptive way, if we don't think about it in the future, then we could only ever expect to be subject to the same entropic forces that we consider the universe to be subject to. Right. We, we have to sort of cut a path towards entropy. We have to cut a path towards uh, determination and intention. And I think that's what Humanity 2.0 is about, that we're hoping here to be able to set a path for the next 100 years, 200 years, maybe even millennium, that would actually allow us to be more human beings and bring humanity to other human beings in the world rather than just human doings. Well, I really like that, bringing humanity, being humans, but bringing humanity to other human beings. I mean, that's, that's, I think you said it earlier and it really rang, rang with me. Um, Crown Sterling, mm -hmm. you, you, there's been some chatter in the news. Mm -hmm. you, why don't you tell our audience a little bit what you've done on the mathematics side because sure. this is kind of groundbreaking stuff. Uh -huh. So fill us all in. Okay, so I uh, published the first prime, infinite and accurate prime prediction algorithm um, and discovered a new kind of number called quasi-primes. So prime numbers are distinguished because they are divisible only by one in themselves, but quasi-primes are divisible by prime numbers greater than five. Can, and you, can you boil it down to s s simple, simple terms? Sure. Terms? What it means is that up until now, we could never predict prime numbers beyond a certain size. Right. right? We'd have to do a huge amount of computer testing that would take up a lot of time and you know, they would put out a publication saying, we just published this prime number, which is you know, this size of number with this many digits behind it, you know, to the 43 millionth power, et cetera, et cetera. Now we can actually predict them infinitely. And that's a big shift hmm. in our understanding of mathematics. This has been a, a centuries, not, not only centuries, millennia old hmm. problem. You know, prime numbers have fascinated mathematicians for thousands of years. And to have found it in a very simplistic and beautiful pattern um, which was related to Fibonacci, mm -hmm. so based on a 24-hour clock. Wow. Um, was really, uh, it was a shock for me, uh, being the discoverer of it. Right. Remember, math is not invented. Math is only ever discovered. Some argue that calculus may have been invented because it seems like such a, a crazy thing to be undertaking. You know, oh, we, we'll blame I, Leibniz and, and uh, Isaac Newton for that. I remember my struggles with going to school with, with calculus. But does this mean we have a whole new generation of data encryption coming? Yes, it does. In fact, it does, because that, as well as new understanding of geometry and mathematical constants that has not been heretofore known mm -hmm. in a new paper that also is in the process of getting published right now, which is called wave number theory. Mm -hmm. uh, when I discovered the prime number pattern, we also discovered a, a pattern for all mathematical constants embedded in the same pattern for prime numbers. Mm -hmm. 
we had not published it yet because we wanted to do more research on it, but irrational numbers themselves are actually born amid these conjunctions of prime numbers and quasi-prime numbers. So twin primes and twin quasi-primes and quasi and twin primes. Uh, you know, I, I know enough to get into trouble, but not enough to get out of it in this mm -hmm. next statement, but is the, uh, is the wave, that wave theory part of the Elliott wave theory? Um, Elliott waves are relational to it, but yeah. it's not necessarily part of the Elliott wave theory. Got it. So what we, what we have discovered is that there is an order to the universe, mm. that this order can be demonstrated mathematically, because again, mathematics is discovered, not invented, so therefore, this order is defining this universe around us, mm -hmm. not just in the sense of what we see on a ledger for a balance statement for a company or a bank, but more importantly to how the universe is constructed mm -hmm. around us. And that has bigger, even spiritual implications associated with it too. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's very, very exciting research. And what it means is that there's a now a new possibility, understanding this new mathematics, new mathematics allows us to have a new encryption standard, which gets to our bigger goal, which is a new encryption to replace the current encryption standard, which has been around for more than 40 years, literally since gold was you know, changed as the backing for currency, mm. and currencies were allowed to float freely. The only standard that has been there to sort of be backing currency has been encryption, and it's been the same mathematical equations. Now, can I sense it in a melt platform coming down, down the way here? Is that, is that where this is going, a, a development of, of some sort of data-based enablement? Yes, platform? in fact, we're all about data sovereignty for consumers. Right. We, we want everyone to be able to protect their data. We believe that your financial transactions, your, your email communications, even your geolocation, mm -hmm. and, and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis should be yours. Right. And it shouldn't be something that anyone can just sort of take and sort of jump around uh, constitutions or bills of rights, you know, for different countries and sovereign nations. So we believe that the consumer now has that opportunity and we have built a platform called Time AI, that, which will be intended for that as an app that goes onto your phone and now consumers will be able to have their own encryptions, which is very exciting. Time AI. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I will say, well, going back to how uh, laws were created in, in, on the big data side, I mean, we're, we're going through an industrial revolution right now, at least yeah. from, from my eyes. Um, you know, I've, I've had the, 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 I've been fortunate to interview and, and be in rooms from the UN to the Trade Department to the EU Parliament. And the thing I'm taking away is that when we wrote these laws originally, it was based upon an environment where data wasn't as readily available as it is today. We are freely giving all this information out and the laws and regulations in place were never really built to manage that process. And if they were rewritten today, it would look much different than it would be, you know, than what's, what's written totally now. Totally agree. How do you see that stuff? And I know this is coming off topic mm -hmm. a little bit, but how mm -hmm. do you see regulation shifting in the next little while? Because, I mean, we're all seeing privacy issues. We're seeing Facebook in the news every day. We're seeing Google under fire, yeah. which is, you know, fortunately they, they, they're here as, when they anchor sponsors. But how do you see regulation shifting? You know, it's interesting you bring up the, the analogy or, or sort of the historical reference of the founding fathers of many nation states saying, okay, we come up with our own versions of our bills of rights in different countries. I've, I've lived in nine different countries, so although I claim to be uh, citizen of the United States of America. I, I, I actually aspired just to be a citizen of the world. I, I love my country though, I will say that. But here's the thing, you're right. The dimension of who we are as human beings has now evolved. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't used to be part of who we were. The data, you know, I didn't have a social media presence. My dimensionality yeah. of who I am as a person in 1776 is very different 
than my dimensionality and the scope and reach mm -hmm. that I have around the world. I mean, just on my Instagram following now, I have you know tens of thousands of people that I can now impact immediately all around the world that I never had before. That's breaking down boundaries. That's connecting human beings in ways that are fundamental, that we cannot sort of just like walk over mm -hmm. and tread over lightly. So this is changing who we are as human beings. So that increased dimensionality then has to then be accompanied by a higher dimension, as it were, of legal analysis you, and perspective. Do you think, or do, we see, do you see, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of put, I want to quantify this. Are we going to see decentralized platforms? Are we going to see stuff like uh, an option to pay for Facebook instead of giving your data away? I mean, something needs to give on some level, right? We have the normal way of doing business today, which is we're giving all this data away freely. Yeah, right? I mean, so if we by the way, it, nothing's free. Nothing is free. No, it's not. I learned that when I was in MBA school, right? Because there's this old saying we say, the Miller-Modigliani model or Milton Friedman. There's no free lunch, right? <laughs> there's no free lunch. So there's always a quid pro quo. And if I told you there's a hundred dollar bill or a hundred euro bill right over there, and I said it loud enough and other people heard me, by the time we got over there, that hundred dollar bill would be gone. Mm -hmm. Or a hundred euro bill would be gone. There's nothing that's free. So what is the problem right now, and I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. I think the problem is, is that people are making a quid pro quo. Mm. They're making an exchange without knowing that that exchange is even happening. That is what is pernicious. So it's no longer just the black hat actors that are mm. causing the issue, oh, okay, we have to protect our house against the thieves. It's now that we have to protect our house against the white hat, white hat actors who walk in the front door. And you welcome them in because they have a trusted relationship with you, and yet they are in a position to take your data. And then when you say, well, wait a minute, I, I didn't agree that you could take this data. Um, then they say, well, no, but you sign the terms and conditions. Right. So everybody, of course, reads, right? You know, those <laughs> right. like 77 yeah, yeah. pages and of terms and conditions. five different boxes you have to check. And 500 and, boxes you yeah, have to right. check, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. that's called a contract of adhesion. And we believe that there could be a better way. And, and that's what we're trying to do, is we're trying to build a platform that empowers the consumer and rebalances the deck so that there can be transactions that occur that people will be able to thoughtfully and choicefully walk into those transactions rather than have them be imposed upon them through contracts of adhesion that nobody reads. Hmm. It's gonna be interesting to see the cons of scale with that too. What, what is the value assigned to certain content versus the others? I, I think there's definitely an ecosystem that is untapped. Uh, and I think, I think in, today, in, in, in today's millennial driven world on the data side, there could potentially be a source of income and monetization for them that they don't currently uh, hey, have. When I was in college, you know, a bunch of my friends were like, hey, let's go down to the blood bank and go make some money. Right. <laughs> right. I think there will probably be a future day where we're going to be like, well, you know, I don't have a but, you know, I can sell some of my data. Well, right? and at least that's a choice. And they're working for free right now. When you look at the self-publishing environment and, you know, yeah. and, and, and Instagram, they're getting free contributors of content. No, it's exploitation, yeah. right? It's exploitation level, yeah. without people even knowing that they've entered an exploitation. Mm. And remember, it's, it's part of the new dimensionality of what it means to be a human being. Mm. So I think it's a perfect discussion for us to be having here at Humanity 2.0. And you know, for us, we just see a, a real opportunity to be able to bring data sovereignty and be the first brand mm -hmm. that, I mean, first of all, everyone knows that there's encryption that protects their money in banks and 
everything they own. Well, you got a little bit of a unique thing. I mean, you're you're birthing a whole new generation of security, and that has something to be said. So, but getting back to the to Humanity 2.0, listen, we got to wrap up with the commercial break. Yep, absolutely. But uh, what I like to do is is direct people to Crown Sterling, uh -huh. CrownSterling.io. Crownsterling.io. Mm -hmm. We can learn more about what's happening in the data world. Uh, everybody, it's Robert Grant, the CEO of Crown Sterling. Thanks for coming on the Thank show. Thank you very much. Hey, by the way, as the bell's ringing, as I called your name, is there a little takeaway you want to give everybody? Um, you know what? <laughs> the universe has order behind it. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> You're watching the Traders and Earth Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. The 2019 Humanity 2.0 Forum is brought to you by Cisco Systems. CSR solutions that are accelerating global problem solvings in ways that have never been attempted before. To Ulala, providing mobile blockchain solutions for the unbanked. And to PledgeCamp, the next generation of crowdfunding. A special thanks to Tonico in Vatican City for hosting our program. And lastly, special consideration to Burst IQ, a leader in healthcare and blockchain, to Crown Sterling, the leader in digital sovereignty and quantum encryption, to Dignity Health, delivering high quality and affordable healthcare for all. And lastly, to Falcon Ventures, as transformative as our entrepreneurs. And thank you, one Hair Public Relations, for all your PR and media support. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away.